and you're listening to Teacher Talk, an ETT podcast production. Welcome to Teacher Talk, an ETT podcast. I'm your host for this episode. My name is Pav Wander. I'm an elementary school teacher. We are talking today about the important role of the teacher librarian in a school community. And I am joined here by two incredible educators who I've had the pleasure of working with and getting to know better, who have that experience of working in the library learning, learning common space and do so much for the library. And, um, and, and this is an area I think that we've seen slow cuts happening in the school community for several years now. And I think that that is just a huge detriment to the school community. So I'm very excited to speak to these two educators, Christy and Rabia. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, let's start off by hearing a little bit more about you. Please introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit more about your learning experiences, your experiences in education that have brought you into the library space and have kept you in that sort of uh, reading space, that literacy space, or that learning common space that has been expanding so much over the past few years. Um, Christy, I'm going to start with you. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, and how you've ended up in the library learning commons. Okay. Um, so I didn't really start out as library and thinking that was where I was going to end up. I actually started teaching secondary school in England and I was teaching psychology and sociology there. Um, and then I came back to Ontario and quickly realized at the time that there were no jobs in the secondary panel and decided, okay, well, maybe I'll give the elementary panel a try. So I got my junior qualification I got my primary qualification. I did a couple LTOs, uh, and mostly intermediate, and then I ended up in kindergarten. <laughs> and it was a very different world, but it was absolutely phenomenal, and I learned so much there. Um, and one of the things I absolutely adored was the kindergarten program because I loved the inquiry-based approach. I learned so much from working from the students' interests and really learning about literacy and building it in that way. Um, and that really, I think, is what sparked a lot of it for me. And then the ability to go into the library came up and I thought, well, actually, I think I'd really, really enjoy this. Um, I really love working with tech. I love finding different ways to encourage that side of teaching and learning. Um, and so that was something that I felt I could really develop and run with in the Learning Commons, um, as well as a joy of learning and reading and inquiry. So that's kind of what brought me there. A little bit Amazing. of a roundabout way. Yeah. And, you know, as we've talked to so many educators on Teacher Talk over the past couple of episodes, um, we've learned so much about the journeys that have brought teachers to their current uh, teaching situations. And, and we know that, you know, they're not static. They're not going to stay, you know, teaching in the library or teaching grade seven or eight or kindergarten for long periods of time. But it's really incredible to hear the amount of learning 
and the journeys that teachers have gone through to get to where they are. And they bring all of that wealth of knowledge with them into their current roles, which I think is, is such a beautiful thing. And Christy, you mentioned that you learned so much from being in the kindergarten space about inquiry-based learning and uh, just a different way to run the program. And so many of those things we pull into other teaching experiences that we have. And I think that that there's there's so much to learn from every space that we are in and they can bent those those things can benefit the students that we have in front of us in so many different ways so thank you for sharing a little bit about your journey christy um rapia tell us a little bit more about you and tell us about what experiences you have in teaching and the work that you have done uh, around library and literacy and reading and that that love of reading which i know that you have <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm Rabia. Um, so currently, I'm a special education resource teacher, um, and I work with um, students from kindergarten to grade five. But previously, I've done like lots of different roles all over the city. Like I've been a teacher librarian, an ESL homeroom teacher, ESL um, itinerant teacher. So I've had like lots of different roles. And I think it's really interesting to think about how I kind of got into library. I think initially I got really interested in like libraries and school libraries because I took um, the teacher librarian AQ. I took that AQ because I, I just really loved books and I really loved like reading. So I wanted to sort of explore what this like teacher librarian space is all, all about because for me it was sort of like magical. Like it just didn't feel like such a cool space could like exist. So I was like really interested in learning more about it. So I did the AQ and I, you know, I, I kind of went in with like a love of reading, like a love for um, culturally responsive books. I think partly because of my own like lived experience of loving books, but never really seeing myself reflected in books. And so that like love and that passion to have like all students like reflected and represented is something that I initially went into. And so I finished the AQ and then I was very like lucky to um, get an LTO position as a teacher librarian. And I think doing the position really helped me see that like the teacher librarian role is about books, but it's also about like so much more. And I think what I discovered was this like beautiful space um, is a space that all students like use in a school community. Um, and the teacher librarian is really like a leader in that space. And I think they're, they're like an equity leader because they can really like push out or they can really like model um, a lot of like this really great work that we want to happen, like in terms of like inclusive books, uh, representation, like multimodal ways of like learning, technology, collaboration. So I sort of just like fell in love with the role because I felt like it combined like my love for equity and my love for books and like it just like merged my two passions together um, and so I had like a really great opportunity to just you know do that LTO and really like learn about what you know this position is actually about and I'm not in the position like I'm not in a teacher librarian um, at the moment but I what I am learning is that even though I'm not in the role like I still have like a teacher librarian mindset that I'm taking into like every opportunity that I have now, like whether it's like special education, I, I sort of think like a teacher librarian. Um, and I just sort of I see every like, I guess, opportunity in that lens. And so I feel like, even though I'm not like in the space, like teacher librarianship is central to like my identity personally, as well as professionally. 
And so I'm really like advocating for school libraries because I think they really benefit all students. And so I guess those are some of the ways um, that I come to the library space. Thank you, Rabia. Yeah, the, you highlighted um, some important points that I think tie very much into what we uh, what we see evolving and happening in the library learning common space, especially when it comes to the culturally responsive text. And mm -hmm. I think that um, the way that I, I have gotten to know you, Rabia, is you are a huge promoter of those culturally relevant texts and you are sharing constantly um, different books and, uh, and, and really sharing that love of reading that you have mm -hmm. with the students and that reading that you've shared with so many students in, in your various roles. Uh, I think that it is very important to highlight that as a teacher librarian, you do, as you highlighted, you see so many different um, classroom spaces, you have exposure mm -hmm. to different modes of teaching, uh, you see kind of the entire school from a very unique lens. And you have the privilege and the ability to really cater to every space out of this 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 um, incredible space that you have set up and the the amount of learning that can be provided from there. So um, I think those are some important points that we bring to the conversation, the importance of, of the evolution of text and and how we can connect those texts to the lived experience that students have and the the diversity of students that we have in our learning spaces um, and how teacher librarians are really the the impact makers of all of those resources that are in a school and getting those resources out to teachers in a variety of different ways, I think is, is such an important piece. Um, and then there's also, of course, this connection to literacy. And, and I want to talk a little bit more about uh, literacy and more specifically reading. Uh, over the past year, we have uh, a new, um, a right to read report that has been brought out by the Ontario Human Rights Commission. And this, this report highlights uh, a real need for a focus on reading and science of reading and moving away from some of the ways that we have been teaching reading over the last um, 10 or 15 years and really bringing it back to, you know, how are students learning how to read uh, and, and, doing so effectively and how I'd love to hear from the both of you to know about what role do you think that the teacher librarian plays in that love of reading we've talked a little bit about it already but I'd love to know how your work because we didn't really hear or see much about it in the right to read report the role of the teacher librarian or the role of the learning common space so in your own opinion in your own experiences in the work that you do or have done in the library learning common space how what is the connection there to the science of reading the love of reading the joy of reading and the effectiveness of teaching reading in school communities through the learning common space. Rabbi, I'm gonna start with you on this one. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think it's foundational. Um, <clears throat> I think if we want this like report or if we want any sort of like theoretical um, stuff to become practical in like the lived experience of like schooling, I think the school library learning commons and the teacher librarian like needs to be centered in this work because I think at the heart of like teacher librarianship, um, you know, obviously teacher librarianship is like multifaceted, but I think 
at the heart of it is like, you know, you're an advocate for literacy and you're an advocate for like multimodal or multi, um, I can't remember the word. Is it like multimodal, like ways of literacy? Like, you know, you're kind of like a promoter and an advocate for that. And so I feel like if we want this um, report to kind of like uh, be practical in a contextual way in, you know, different parts of different schools, like those spaces that are like the heart of the school community need to be centered. Um, and I say this because I think the teacher librarian um, curates like a space, uh, a space that's like the school library, but they also carry like the collection. Like it's not a random collection, but it's very intentional based on, you know, the school community, the context, the lived experiences. Um, you know, teacher librarians are very aware of like how to affirm and expand identities in a school community. And I think that is like the heart of like promoting a love of reading, because like if you can see yourself and if you can see other folks who look like you, who might be different from you in books, in text, then, you know, you're going to feel like engaged to read and to learn more. So I feel like, you know, that intentional curation is actually promoting like a love of reading, you know, and I think the love of a love of reading is like foundational to like building then the skills, you know, like the fundamental skills of like learning how to read. So I feel like that's like really central. Um, I also think, um, you know, we talked about this before, but like the teacher librarian kind of gets to serve all um, students in a school community and they can kind of see a different perspective or like a different side of students, which I think is foundational in building a love of reading because, you know, that's the way we can build rapport, relationship, we can understand students' interests, and we can kind of then reflect that in our collection. And I think when we take the time to do those like um, intentional things, students feel like a sense of like belonging. They feel like their voice matters. They feel like they're heard. And I feel like all of those like um, things are like part of building like a love of reading. And I think that's why it's very important to have like a, a like a teacher librarian in the space. And like you know it's you know, the space is not just about like checking books out or just getting the books, you know, I think it's about, it's the teacher librarian who shows how those books can be used. It's the teacher librarian that like connects the books with the kids or the, or, or the community or the school or the teacher. So I feel like um, for any like theory to come into practice, the teacher librarian and the school library learning commons, which is really like the biggest classroom. And you know, the teacher librarian is kind of like an instructional leader in a school. I think they need to be centered in any of this like literacy learning. A hundred percent. I agree with you, Rabbi. I think you hit the nail on the head right at the end there that the, the teacher librarian in the space is really an instructional leader because mm -hmm. of what they have access to. And you touched on the intentional curation. And I really like that term because that's essentially what it is. And it's not just the books. It's also the mm -hmm. ways that the books are being spread out to different parts of the school, different communities. Um, every teacher librarian that I have ever met knows exactly what types of books every kid is going to be interested in or is going to love. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have a book for you. I think you're going to mm -hmm. love this one. I just got this book in for you and I think it's going to be great for you. They just, they get to know the students so well and, and really foster mm -hmm. that, that sense of belonging, which of course we know is huge in fostering joy. 
And without joy, there isn't going to be any engagement. There isn't going to be any meaningful learning. And so that is something that we really need to push and, and foster as well. So thank you, uh, Rabia, for those insights. Rabia also mentioned um, multimodal ways of getting that information out to students and multimodal, multimodal access points. And Christy, I know that you are incredible in this area. Um, I've seen the library space that you have helped to sort of put together and to continue to build upon. Um, and I had the pleasure to work with you in that space uh, for a brief period of time, but for a lovely period of time, because I was really able to see that that, that multimodal way of accessing literacy and promoting that love of reading. So what I really want to hear from you is, is what your thoughts are on the fact that the, the library, uh, the, the teacher librarian, how they are so instrumental in, in fostering that joy, in creating that sense of reading and, and helping with learning how to read and learning how to read effectively. Please fill us in on your insights about that. Yeah, um, I mean, I think, Rabia, you mentioned engagement. And I think that is such a huge thing in the whole process. Because it's one thing to be able to decode words on a page. It's another to let them come alive and really see how they work together and what they do. And I think that's really where the Learning Commons comes into it, because it's about finding those texts that really engage students and that they want to be a part of. And sometimes that's where the different types of literacies that can come in and the multimodal stuff can come in is because those are really hooks to engage the students so that they're willing to jump in with some of the other stuff or they're willing to take those skills that they've learnt and put them to practice and push themselves to use the skills in different ways that they may not have otherwise because they are actually wanting to really get into something that they're interested in. Um, so I think it's giving those opportunities to move beyond, you know, the learning in the classroom is so imperative, it is so important, and then taking it further and realizing, oh wait, what I learned in my class actually allows me to go somewhere else and to do something else. And I think that that's where the teacher librarian and the library gets to really, that learning commons idea is kind of like magic because that's where mm -hmm. it allows students to take those base ideas that they've got and say, wait a second, I'm interested in this. Oh, wait, but this isn't working. This isn't giving me what I want. Let me try this instead. And really putting those skills to the test and finding out how to use those skills effectively, um, building the critical literacy with students to be able to take what they're reading, understand it, interpret it, and then know what to do next. Um, and, you know, really building those skills in our students where they can talk to each other about it too. Uh, all of those global competencies, like the collaboration, the communication, and all of those things, again, building on that foundation of what they're getting in the classroom, uh, learning the skills about how to read and taking that, and then putting them in a space where they get to use it in a different way so that they really have to dig deep into that learning and they have to apply it. Um, and hopefully seeing all that magic happen then is what I love the most. Amazing. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about how students 
when you ask them, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? So many of them will be like, I want to be a, an influencer or I, I want to <laughs> be a YouTuber or I want to have a YouTube channel and I want to mm -hmm. become famous and make tons of money. Mm -hmm. um, it's really hard to do that. And something that mm -hmm. content creators are really um, exceptional at or really the really good ones are really exceptional mm -hmm. at is taking that engagement of their learning they're taking that learning and they're turning it into a different mode of, 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 of showing their learning. So, you know, they're, they're taking, they're flipping around their education to say, you know, I can, I can take what I have learned and use it to create something new. And, and that's not an easy task. It's, it's actually quite difficult, but it does require a lot of the things that we have been talking about, the engagement, the joy, the criticality, and, you know, that real sense of, of taking something that you have learned and repurposing it to create meaningful content. And, and that's such a beautiful thing. And it's so incredible when we can watch that happen in a learning common space. Um, and, and, and it's beautiful to watch students do it because they are so into it. And the learning that they are doing is so beyond what they could get from a textbook or from hearing a teacher talk to them for an hour at a time. Um, so it's it's absolutely uh, magnificent that you highlighted that. Rabia, did you want to add something to that? Yeah, um, you know, just hearing you talk, I think it's it's really beautiful that Christy mentioned that like, um, you know, students learn all of these like skills in the classroom and then like the learning commons is sort of like this extension of the classroom. And I feel like that's like really important to remember is that, you know, the library is like part of, um, you know, the library is part of all of these different classrooms. And it's really a place where you can kind of like stretch your learning, like Christy mentioned, is like really stretch your learning and put it into like different formats, I guess, and just really experiment with maybe some of the foundational elements um, that you might have learned. And I think the library provides this like space and opportunity to just kind of be like more free, if that makes sense, just to sort of like yeah. experiment and really create, which I think is really something beautiful. And I think it goes back to what you're saying, Pav, where it's like, there is this whole movement of like students really wanting to create content. And I think the library is very much connected to that like making or like creating you know like being innovative so I just you know I really I think that really speaks to like um, the flexibility of what a learning commons can be and how it promotes all of these like important skills. I think it's also um, really imperative to draw the parallels to learning common spaces that are being created in the city and other places um, around our communities, not just within schools. But if you walk into any any public library, um, any especially newer ones or ones that are being, um, you know, renovated and redone, there's content content creation spaces. Mm -hmm. There's making spaces in all of these facilities now because this is what is needed. This is mm -hmm. what people use the space for. It's not what I remember the library being as a is a space where you go and you read books and sometimes you read newspapers and magazines and you read you know X Y Z. Now it's it's 
consuming content in its multitude of forms that exist that are coming from all places around the world, connecting ourselves digitally with globally with other people, other other institutions, other libraries, and, and consuming that content in a variety of different ways. And so why shouldn't our schools be creating those kinds of spaces to support that? Because that is what is existing and in the real world and when we talk about you know we're getting we're getting kids ready for the jobs that don't exist yet or we're getting kids ready for for the workspace how are we doing that if we continue to keep cutting the resources that are in that library space you're seeing that these are the things that are being created in in our communities this is what we expect from our workforce is to be able to access all of these different modes of learning different modes of content that exist but we don't support it fully in the schools we've seen the teacher librarian go from a full-time position in schools to a half-time if not less than half-time and I don't really know how a teacher librarian can be an instructional leader and someone who creates this kind of a functional space for all the students in the school with half-time or less so you know I'd love to hear from you both how do you feel about that and and how would you advocate for that sort of increase of funding in order to fully have a fully allocated teacher librarian and a and a hundred percent functional space from morning till the end of the day, um, either of you, I'll open it up to to whoever would like to start. I can go ahead if that's okay. Um, I mean, I think it's a hard question for a start because I feel like we are not the only people being cut back. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it really takes a village in a school. Um, we've touched on the fact of teacher librarians as leaders and the role that we play in that. And I think we really do play a valuable role there. Um, I think we have a role to play between connecting classrooms and connecting teachers sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, often I find that I end up really working a lot with some of our newer teachers because mm -hmm. they often need different supports or supports and access to resources that maybe they haven't built up over time. Um, and so there's a lot of support that happens that way too. Uh, so I, I think when we look at it just beyond our students, the teacher librarian also has a really big role to play in supporting our teachers. Um, and supporting and co-teaching and co-planning with classroom teachers is a huge thing too. Mm -hmm. We are noticing that classroom teachers have more and more piled onto their plates. Mm -hmm. uh, the classes are more diverse. There's a wider range of needs, a wider range of learning styles, which is all a great thing when you can when you have the support to make it work right, right. and i think a lot of our classroom teachers are finding that they maybe don't have the extra supports to deal with the extra things thrown in and there's a large number of students in there to try and help and work with and teach all at the same time so i think that's one space where you know teacher librarians are really imperative to helping things and you know we can we can take on some of those roles for the classroom teacher help them with resources they can bring the class in we can co-teach and co-plan mm -hmm. and that's when you know a lot of great things can really happen so i think we've got to realize that teacher librarians are not just checking out books 
We're not shelving books. In fact, none of my day pretty well includes shelving books for the most part. Um, But what we are doing is we are really working as support to become that village that helps our students to succeed to the best possible. Um, And often that requires helping our staff as well as our students because we know that other supportive rules have also been taken out. Um, And at the end of the day, it really does take that village to make it happen. Um, And I know one problem that we've had that I know is not unique in my school at all is often the teacher librarian is also the first to get pulled to cover a class Mm -hmm. if there's no Mm -hmm. supply teacher. So that 0.5 rule is even questionable at that. I don't feel like I've had a full 0.5 in there this year. Um, And nobody's fault. We need to take care of kids first. Safety is first priority and it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's really important to consider all the variety of roles that the teacher librarian plays and how that enables the rest of the school to really make sure that our students get the best experience possible. Thank you, Christy, for for all of that. Um, I think that you're absolutely right with the fact that the teacher librarian does play a lot of roles and, and oftentimes a lot of roles that have also been removed from the school community because of funding cuts uh, continuing to happen. Um, and, and 100% agree with you that the classroom teacher just continues to get more and more piled on. and mm-hmm. And you know, you've got the teacher librarian often just becomes that floating body to sort of help everybody out. And, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how, I mean, it's a noble thing and it's a wonderful thing. And I know that so many teacher librarians, including yourself, do it so well. Um, but it, it does become burdensome and it becomes very difficult to sustain that. And, uh, and that is something, as you, as you mentioned, you're very rarely, you know, holding on to even a 0.5 in your learning community. Um, Whereas, you know, this is happening everywhere. It's not just isolated to the school that you're in. Um, This is happening in every school. And and it's not just the teacher librarian. It's every support staff that is in the school um, to cover those needs. And I don't know that, you know, the general public really knows that 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 is the day-to-day that is happening all the time. It's not just, you know at the end of the school year when supply teachers are starting to dwindle and people are, you know, off quite a bit, um, it's, it's happening all year round. And these are vital, vital experiences for student growth and learning that are constantly being shifted and moved, um, and, and neglected to be honest. Um, and so, and, and we can't continue with that way. I mean, we need to have a fully functioning library space, ideally a full-time librarian, um, and and somebody who can sustain all of these needs that are in the library space. Rabia, what do you think about that? Yeah, um, you know, I'm listening to you both, and I think you both really, like, said everything that I was thinking so beautifully. Um, and I think, you know, I think part of, um, like, I feel like, the like, you know, we need to advocate, I guess, but I feel like that when we need to advocate, it has to be, like, multi-dimensional like you know we have to kind of get like families communities teachers like all stakeholders and I think for me when I think about that I think part of it is maybe creating like visibility around like our role and so for me I feel like it's always been about maybe where wherever I have a little bit of like space to like show like the multi-dimensional role of the teacher librarian whether it's on social media or whether it's just you know Um, in conversation, you know, in the different spaces that we end up. And I think, 
um, I think that visibility and that documentation piece is really important because I think it it shows, I guess. I know it's it's really important to talk about it, but I feel like the documentation piece in different ways and different capacities also like shows like all of this like amazing and beautiful work that teacher librarians really do in a school community. And so um, I think like the documentation visibility and just getting like, I think then hopefully that will create more like folks will know like what this like role really entails. And I hope that like more, you know, funding and we can advocate more for it. And I feel like even building like, um, I guess solidarity or like community with like other teacher librarians helps because it kind of helps us sort of like do this work together because oftentimes we can feel a little bit isolated in our role you know we're kind of like the only ones in our school community um and i think just building that community helps us just verbalize or like you know um vocalize some of the challenges or some of the great things that we're going through and i think through community, we can kind of like advocate more and we can, you know, really get our voices heard. So I think those have been sort of ways that I've been like thinking around, like, how can we build, I guess, like more capacity around like, like various stakeholders really knowing like what we do like day in and day out and how, you know, as Christy mentioned, like, we are like part of that village, you know, and we want our students to get like a comprehensive experience in their schooling, you know, experience. And so um, how can we continue, I guess, you know, advocating more in the different spaces that we occupy, whether it's like a blog post or even talking to other yeah. teachers who can be like our allies as well in the school community who can really um, advocate for the role. And I feel like all of those like relationships or those like inter uh, connections really help us, can help us really advocate and really create like continued visibility around this role and how much it impacts students. Um, I'd love to hear from you, Rabia. I think that that what you said about the visibility and documentation is is critical. I think it's very important for those that are listening uh, to be in solidarity with teacher librarians, but also with the other support roles that are continuously being cut and that we need to advocate more for. What does that documentation and visibility look like? You mentioned a blog post. What are some of the other mm -hmm. ways that you have seen or that you think that could be helpful in creating that visibility and documentation? Because I think it's crucial. I think it's critical. Critical. I think that what we're doing right now is documenting uh, mm -hmm. a lot of the ways that uh, teacher librarians are, are crucial to the school communities. What are some of the things that you have seen or that you have done or things that you can think of that, that may help with that visibility? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. And I guess it'll look different um, in different like spaces and different settings. I think just from my own experience, like social media has been a way for me to sort of like document what I've done. But when I when I was in a school community, also having like a bulletin board that was like accessible for um, this community, like this, the, um, the families, just to know like what we're doing, how we're doing it was very important. And then just, you know, maybe writing articles or like just creating more visibility in the spaces that maybe I have a little bit of space in. So I guess it'll look different based on like what, you know, um, what everyone is comfortable with. But I just I guess just creating a little bit more like visibility around that. Christy, you had something to add? 
Yeah, just to add in to the visibility piece, I think, you know, one thing I found really successful this year is running a few special events and things. So we've recently just done a book exchange. Um, students brought in books from home that they were ready to part with, and then new students could pick those up and take them home for summer reading. What, like, just the book joy that came out of the students on it, but also between asking parents and families to send in books they were finished with, the students bringing in new books they could keep, I it really raised a lot of parent support in a way because they kind of knew what was going on. Um, and then we also had volunteers coming in to help organize the exchange and being there to help the students choose books. So I think events like that um, I think Forest of Reading is another great event that also, like, uh, during that time, students work to read a list of 10 Canadian books. Um, but again, sort of advertising those things to the community, too, they start mm -hmm. to realize, oh, wait a second, this person is adding something extra to the experience. And I think things like that can help, too, with the visibility piece. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and as well as uh, just, you know, having multiple opportunities to bring the community in. And, you know, look around having open houses, you've, you know, you've got a new podcast studio in the library, or you've got some new robots, or you've got, you know, you've just installed your new green screen. Um, and, and just inviting the community in to take a look, this is what's happening in the in the learning common space. Um, and, and that way, they can really see what you as the teacher librarian are doing, um, you know, on a day to day basis as well. So uh, thank you for highlighting some of those, those incredible ways to increase visibility and, and and to document what's happening in the learning common space. Um, as we as we wrap up this interview, and it's been such a great one talking about uh, the role of the teacher librarian and the learning common space, I'd love to hear maybe, you know, what is your, your dream next step for the library learning common space or as a somebody who has this love of learning, love of reading, um, what would you love to see happen for the learning commons, the library learning common space, or for teacher librarians. And if you have any other last words to sort of take us out in this great, insightful conversation, please share that as well. Um, Rabbi, I'm going to start with you. Um, what would you love to see happen within the library learning common space or with teacher librarians? And if you have any last words or thoughts to, to take us out of the conversation, please share. Yeah, I think it was like such a great conversation. It was like an honor to just um, talk with you uh, both. I think what I would just, I guess my last words would just really be to kind of like continue to like build visibility and respect and honor um, in relation to the teacher librarian role. And also just, um, I guess like a continued love and respect for the school learning commons and recognizing that, you know, a school library learning commons can't necessarily function without like a trained and intentional um, teacher librarian. Like if we want the space, we need um, the person who's kind of like helping to facilitate that space. So I think I would just continue to like um, say that like whatever position we're in or whatever space we occupy to continue like advocating for that because it really impacts our students and all of our students should have the best experiences in their schooling experience. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Rabia. And Christy, what are your last words and thoughts? Yeah, I think that 
You know, what I'd really love to see for school libraries is just to be that thriving sort of heart of the community in the school, Um, a space where students can come to chill and think of new ideas Mm -hmm. at the end of a, you know, long day of learning, a space where they can come to be energized and just, you know, be able to delve into those things that they touched on in their class that they really want to know more about or something they didn't get Mm -hmm. to talk about in their class and they really want to learn about it Um, and just build Mm -hmm. that community where students can learn, uh, where they have the space where they can have their voice, they have choices, and they can really, you know, access somebody who is there to work with them and to bring out their voices and to teach them that, you know, we really are there to listen and work with them. Um, And building that space in the community and in the school to really help our students thrive. Thank you, Christy. Um, Just as you were speaking, I was reminded of another thing that perhaps we didn't think so much about, but um, or or even talk about today. uh, But that that option of having the alternative space um, from Mm -hmm. within the classroom when when you need to when you need to remove yourself or you need to go somewhere just to gather your thoughts. We've we've placed a huge Mm -hmm. emphasis on mental health and well-being for our students in our school communities. And if you really want to actualize what that looks like in a school community, having an alternative space for students to go to when they need to take that break is one of those actual ways. It's it's a way that we can practice mental health and well-being in schools. And so when we remove the supervision from that space or we remove the ability for students to go there when they need to go there, that that's detrimental to students. And so um, as mm-hmm. a last thought, thank you so much for highlighting that point. Rabia, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts as well. And I want to thank both of you for being guests on Teacher Talk and ETT podcast this evening. Um, please share and please uh, pass on the podcast to everybody who is listening um, and to your colleagues as well. It's a wonderful opportunity for us to get to know some of the different supports that are out there in the school community that we don't often get the privilege to hear about as much. So once again, Christy Rabia, thank you so much for joining us on, on Teacher Talk and ETT podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Teacher Talk, an ETT podcast production. We hope you enjoyed this insightful discussion. We'd like to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Your feedback helps us reach more educators like yourself. Don't forget to visit our website at ett.ca. There, you'll find additional information and resources from ETT. The ideas and opinions shared on this podcast are our own and do not represent the viewpoint of any organization. We aim to provide a platform for open dialogue and thought-provoking conversations. If you have any topics you'd like us to cover or any questions you'd like us to address in future episodes, feel free to reach out to us on social media or email teachertalk at ett.on.ca. We love hearing from our community. Teacher Talk is a Che and Pav educational services production where we strive to bring you the best educational production and professional development. You can connect with us at cheandpav.com for all your podcasting needs. 
Until next time, keep inspiring, keep teaching, and keep making a difference in the lives of your students.